and welcome to the Ski Racing Podcast with me, Ed Drake. Joining me is Austria's fifth best giant slalom racer since 2010 and ski racing guru, Ben Clark. Um, I'm just testing out, testing out some new titles. <laughs> How good was it to be racing again? Levy was awesome. It was. It was brilliant. It was great to see some racing. Uh, great to see it snowing as well. Apparently, I should also be called a meteorologist as well as a guru because I got the weather forecast right. Um, <laughs> but unfortunately, um, the week did not entirely go to plan after we made our picks on the podcast on Monday. Unfortunately, Team Sweden were hit with uh, uh, a mini COVID outbreak that caused a bit of a, a stir on the circuit. I think Sweden's uh, head coach and then uh, one of their slalom coaches subsequently uh, tested positive for coronavirus uh, and amidst a bit of that confusion the entire Swedish team were pulled from the event uh, lots of people on uh, social media complaining and saying it wasn't fair um, I'm not entirely sure how I feel about it yet because it doesn't it doesn't quite feel like the rules are fully understood by everyone yet but you'd have to think for the safety of the, the tour as a whole it needed to be done to get the race underway as heartbreaking as it is for the athletes that have been training all summer to get in those races. I mean, I, I feel like, and, and I'm not sure if I understood that wrong, but it, it was probably like from coming from the government in Finland, right? So they were had to go back. So I think having a ski race where the government tells the races not to race, but then other sports are going along. Um, I think this is a bit unfair on, on the Swiss, uh, on the Swedish ski team. So I, I felt really sorry for them. Yeah. So I believe the full picture was, you know, they're doing these tests before they get to resort and, and have to provide clear tests before they're allowed into the sort of competition area, if you like, allowed to, before they come up. And Sweden were already training up near there. So they weren't on the sort of FIS charter flight from, I think it was from Munich or, or yeah, I think it was Munich that they fly straight up into, into Finland. So the Swedes got their positive test. The head coach got it. And it was at first, it was just him. And then one of the second coaches also got tested positive. Yeah. And then my understanding is that Fizz were quite, we're going to let them race. And it was, yeah, the government that stepped in and said, well, you can't race. I'm sort of undecided a bit like you guys. I think that, I think it sucks that their coaches test positive, even though the, the athletes didn't test positive and had clear tests and they still weren't allowed to race. So I think that is really tough, but I'm kind of at the same time, imagine if, you know, they didn't display symptoms and, and somehow were sort of carrying it without, without it showing yet. And then it run rife across the whole of the world cup field. And then all of a sudden we've got no racing again. It's really tough. And I don't know what the answer is. And I don't think Fizz really do either. So I think Fizz were probably relatively happy that it was taken out of their hands and that they can just, you know, stick their hands in the air and go, well, it wasn't us that did it. So it, it is what it is. And also when you go back to the discussion you had uh, before the season started with Marcus Wildner, he, he did say that that would be likely what would happen, that because um, ski racing goes across a lot of countries, they would take the lead based on what each country's government was saying. Um, and this is just an example of how it's going to be quite complicated because at another race, it may be a different outcome yeah. and it's, it's not particularly fair, but as they, as Marcus said on that, on that podcast with you, Ed, this year is just going to be about trying to get off as many races as possible in the safest way possible. Yeah. Um, I mean, so nobody it's, knows, it's not brilliant. Nobody knows what they're doing really. I mean, they can try, they can plan <laughs> as much as they can plan, but in reality, they don't really know what they're doing. And that's not being disrespectful. I don't think and that's just, 
you know they're they're, they're feeling as they go because it's never never happened before so but on the upside i you know i've been looking forward to this moment since uh, since the weekend been very 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 happy with my ski racing podcast predictions picks i mean what do you I get feel hard uh, done by in a second <laughs> i went with leansberger third in the first race and then gissin blooming second in the second race yeah, well, that's, that's no win there. yeah but you, you won you got your pick marcel picking the favorite yeah. yeah, but I've I've been hard done by because I couldn't pick her twice. So I think like it's actually a bit of a rigged a rigged uh, game here. We can we <laughs> can pick her once. <laughs> for, for those of you who aren't aware of what's happening, Marcel got his picks in after the deadline, so was penalised <laughs> by Ed uh, on a, on the WhatsApp group, and was told he was only allowed to pick Vlahova for one of the days uh, as punishment for uh, selecting late, and he had to pick someone else for the second race. Uh, so he only got one of his winners' points, and not the. Uh, and I've not actually both, done pretty well. Liensberger, <laughs> I've done really well in Dienzberg as well. <laughs> Smashed it. Oh, ben, ben, yeah, ben, 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 how many points do you get? <laughs> oh, I got none. I got none. That's why I, I shudder a little bit when you say guru or expert. Um, uh, but a, a lot better, a lot, a lot closer to points than I was in Solden. I got a seventh and a fourth as opposed to the twenty-eighth and twenty-first or whatever it was I had in Solden. Um, <laughs> But it was um, Marcel's right. Linsberg had a, had a really good weekend. Um, she was on my short list of picks, but I didn't think that she normally has the kind of aggression that would suit uh, that kind of flat start where you really have to go flat out at the top in, in Levy. And she really surprised me with with her skiing. So I was really really happy for her to get her like third both days is a is a really good uh, result for her. You're gonna have to do a lot to beat Blahova at the moment but it was yeah it was really good skiing I think the Austrians had a pretty good weekend all round after the uh, disaster that was sold and there was quite a lot of good performances I think the second run on Sunday they might have had like five of the fast of the top 10 fastest second runs they really looked like they got their inspection right and had a course that suited them on the second day I don't know how you thought they did Marcel as overall I thought the Austrians have actually done exceptionally well all of those girls are pretty young, except for one or two. And I think Leon Speger is, is pretty much the best of the rest, if I can call it that way. Um, I think I would Vlahova and, and Schifrin probably in one league, even though Schifrin wasn't that good in the second race, but they're still probably going to be dominating. But Leon Speger definitely has, has a lot of potential. And last year she was struggling for the first races because she was changing equipment and couldn't ski on that equipment. And now having like a full preparation, I think that's that's pretty good for her. It certainly was. I mean, yeah, let's run through it quickly. Leonsberger was third and she was 0.57 off. Schifrin was second after 300 days away from the World Cup, uh, 0.18 back. And then Vlahova, just um, metronomic, really. She didn't really make any mistakes on any of the runs at the weekend. And obviously we're talking about race one to begin with, but she she was powerful. She was precise. She was aggressive. Uh, and kept mistakes to a real minimum. And Schifrin, Schifrin looked like she'd barely been away. I think timing slightly off, not quite as dynamic as normal. We're used to seeing her down the steeps and stuff, but actually she just looked like another day in the office for her, I thought. The first run, I guess, of, of Saturday, I thought she was quite passive by her standards. Um, it looked very much like a... I need to remember what I'm doing. Obviously, she is an incredible professional, but it looked like a, a get, your, get your feet under you kind of make sure I still remember how to do this kind of run and it was still 
very good. And then you could see as the runs progressed throughout the weekend, her intensity uh, improving, although she made some slightly alarming comments on the Sunday morning, um, we'll, we'll get on to. But for the rest of Saturday's races, Marcel, again, young lady Magdalena Egger coming from Bib 61 and ended up in 19th. What an absolute monster of a run she had. Yeah, like uh, so impressive. I'm so impressed by her. I mean, I mean, she's from the same area as I am, and Linsberger as well. So she has she has an incredible amount of talent. And having 61 racing a third World Cup race, getting into top 30 is, is pretty impressive. And I just want to quickly, I think actually from my perspective, I thought Schifrin was doing better in the first run. I think she was trying too hard in the second one on the first race. Um, I felt she was. M- she looked more comfortable in the first one, just from, from an outsider perspective, I think. What, first race? or first, Did you say first race or did you say first First run? race, first run, I thought was, was probably be her best run. Um, I felt she was trying a bit too hard. She won last year by point, 1.5 or something, 1.5 yeah. something. So maybe, maybe after that first run, you know, it's as disappointing as it is for somebody like Schifrin to sort of come set to be second. Maybe she just she did overcook it. Yeah, I mean, like, obviously, it's it's tough, right? Not skiing for 300 days. We've been all through that. Um, or through that, yeah. So I, I reckon she was just a bit... Yeah, she probably wanted too much. But, hey, like, she's an un- unbelievable athlete. So give her the benefit of a doubt for uh, two, three, four races. Yeah, yeah. She, 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 prob- <laughs> she probably earned it, do you reckon? <laughs> um, and then on to race two which was slightly more tricky. I thought the conditions looked a little like it had been a bit colder overnight, maybe. The snow looked a tiny bit slicker. But like we said already, Schifrin, a little bit tired. She didn't. She, she talked about that overnight, that she was mentally and physically drained after day one. Surprise! The surprise was Gissin, I think, in reality. Yeah, they said it was her best outright slalom result but she does have that slalom form uh we've seen in the combined events previously yeah. i think she's she's p- picked up a couple of wins there but certainly uh, as much as it pains me to say it an inspired uh substitute pick from you there ed yeah. Uh, yeah. On, on that one <laughs> <laughs> the amount the amount of uh, just the amount of um sort of raised eyebrows i should call them via via text or whatsapp that i got for my uh, my pick a little bit of abuse I copped for a, for a left field pick. Yeah, to be leading after the first run as well. Yeah, I know it's joint leader, but to be leading after the first run and then to hold your nerve when you're not, I don't know, classically typically or your, your favourite discipline isn't that discipline. I think it showed some pretty good metal. Yeah, definitely. I wasn't sure when they said Blahova was going to go second to last. I thought that might be the nail in the coffin for, for Gizin because... You know Vlahova's. She's been in that situation with laying down markers for people like Schifrin over the years. So I wasn't sure how Gizin would hold up to Vlahova having that kind of run. And obviously it was always going to take a massive effort to beat her, but she did really well. She didn't really make any mistakes on that second run. It was just Vlahova just skied an absolute blinder. uh, And she did enough to hold off Linsberger and uh, and her teammate, uh, Wendy Holdman. I counted five Austrians in the top 15. Uh, Kiara Meyer backed up a great result in the first race with the second result. Having spoken about the Austrians at length, not being at the races on the tech side, certainly on the women, the stuff that they've been doing is obviously working because we've gone from pretty thin pickings 
for the Austrian tech on the ladies' side to um, a lot of them who could feature within the top 10 and, and potentially top five and obviously and pick up podiums. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what we're always talking about, isn't it? You have one good girl or two, three good girls and all of a sudden the whole team is good. Um, it's just like the training performances, like it's a lot higher standards. Yeah. All those kind of things, like they just come into play now. They like have all performed really well. They push each other. And then you get like good results. That was what happened to the Austrians back in the day. And unfortunately not in GS at the moment, but I think the women's slalom team has, uh, has done a really good job with them. A quick shout out to Charlie Guest, who skied incredibly well. She picked up her first classic World Cup slalom points, uh, finishing in 26th, having um, skied, skied incredibly well. I think especially that second run with the pressure, you know, often the question is asked, of, of people that are fresh into the top 30 how hard do they push do they ski for a finish all this sort of stuff but I thought she actually fought and, and risked and charged probably the probably three quarters of the way down and then I would say that final quarter just off the steep onto the flat she just took her foot slightly off the gas I think only because I imagine it would have been because the top section went so well the steep section went really well and then it was like I'm through this bit don't mess it up on something easy and kind of took her foot slightly off the gas. I think if you look at her splits, they were, they were slightly better than her finishing position up until the line, basically. And I think it was, um, you know, good, good stance for the rest of the season, I think. Yeah, we said getting those points on the board is, is really important early on. And Charlie probably would have been a little bit disappointed on the, on the Saturday. It looked like she probably let something out there on, on the hill on the Saturday. So I, I, her first run, I thought, was, was, was brilliant. It really left nothing to, to doubt, uh, especially with how many people were coming in later in the pack on, on both days. And then, yeah, that second run was just what she needed to do. I think who else? I think the, the Finnish lady Rosa Polinen went for the slightly other approach. Have had an absolute brilliant first run, going from 63rd, I think, to like middle of the top 15, yeah. and she went all guns blazing on the second run and and made a bit of a mistake. So it shows you've got there are different ways to approach that second yeah. run when you when you come from a long way back. Um, but yeah, brilliant, brilliant skiing by Charlie, and as well, Alex looked like she was going pretty rapid. I think her splits were pretty good, certainly on. On one of the days uh, before she skied out, she looked very angry both times, um, which means she probably felt like it was going pretty well before the mistakes. But that's just slalom skiing; it happens. And it isn't her favourite discipline. I know that she scored points already in slalom, but you know, speaking to her coach, and just said that she just got to the steep and sort of was nervous. But I guess nervous, maybe not the right word, but a bit apprehensive coming into it about how to best tackle it and just try too hard and that was where it came a cropper and th- and that's such a big thing Marcel isn't it the, the old yeah it's a bit of a cliche but trying too hard breeds so many errors yeah I mean like as soon as you push too hard and like go over your limit um there is no way you're gonna you're gonna ski what's possible and that's always been the case right you, yeah. you cannot you cannot try too hard it's just not not working um and you can see that in so many cases here and I think Charlie has, has done a, a great job getting it down, being on the board for the first time. That will give her lots of confidence. Same for that Rosa um, Poilining girl. I mean, she's born 2003. Jesus Christ, that's, uh, that's unbelievable. I mean, that's, that's a pretty big performance. Yeah, you're right. Those performances, once you get your name in there, you also think, feel like you belong in there because I don't think you ever, you ever feel like you've earned your spot in World Cup until you get yourself... World Cup points and 
at some point you feel like you're making up the numbers and as soon as you get some points on the board you're not making up numbers anymore you're there you know you're there to play exactly it's all about being confident enough to do it i mean she's probably as good of a skier as all of them are but in the end if you if you don't get on the board you will never really get on the board because you're not confident enough and and i think that's the first step into into a big career before we move away from levy the time gaps between the 30 and the leader after the first round and then the winner at the end of it were close in reality to norm to normal distances that we see from the ladies i think charlie was in 26th place 1.6 off the pace and so do you think that this is that the rest of the field have caught up to the likes of Lahova, Schifrin, Liensberger, these ladies, or do you think that they maybe haven't found their sort of top gear just yet? What, what are you guys thinking about the, the field? Putting your yeah, I'm not sure. I like, I, it's, yeah, it was a lot closer. So, so we obviously you said last year, Schifrin won by like a, over a second and a half, I think it was uh, last year, just between first and second, and second let alone uh, 30th. So, it, I, I hope that that's the rest of the field catching up because you definitely don't want to have every race the Schifrin win winning by miles. So I, I hope so, but also although Levy's got a, a bit of a steep pitch, it's not the steepest of slopes, and and certainly found uh, generally the gaps are a lot closer together when you are on one of those slightly flatter runs on tour. I, I agree with Ben. Actually, I think Levy is a very special race what happens there quite a few times is that you get really good, really hard surfaces, but the, the ones going behind, they, it, the, the track will get faster. So that happens quite often up there. That's why you also see a lot of high numbers or high bibs getting into the top 30, because instead of getting slower, it usually gets faster on top. Mm-hmm. Um, so that gives a good advantage for, for the races coming from behind. Um, so I would be, uh, I'm a bit cautious about the distance between the races, even though, Lots of girls have skied really well. I should definitely have raced more in Levy if going at the back <laughs> makes you faster. <laughs> That's what I was doing wrong all day. She was racing in France. I don't think that ever really happened in uh, speed races either. So, <laughs> see, that's why you have I've obviously so got a different experience to you myself. <laughs> That was that was at the times when I was skiing slalom as well. It's a lot. That's even longer than my actual career. <laughs> we should run through the ski racing podcast predictions leaderboard. Powderhound have very kindly sponsored us for the league table, and so some of the uh, people on the league table are doing rather well. Uh, we'll be getting some nice gear come the end of the season. Uh, I can see through our zoom call that ben you're sporting your your very nice mug yeah lovely been uh, uh having some nice coffee out of this it was on the table saturday and sunday morning as well uh keeping me entertained while the racing was on i i did actually use my egg cup i had some soldiers like a five-year-old i had uh, egg and soldiers with my <laughs> whilst <watching. laughs> um um, and that's a that's a good shout, Ed. With uh, Christmas just round the corner, Powderhound have got some great gifts uh, on the website. Small box sets, things like you said, like the uh, egg cup. Uh, they got some pretty cool candle holders and and similar bits and pieces on there. So you know, don't know if any shops are going to be open before Christmas. So definitely make sure you get to uh, Powderhound uh, and and check out the various Christmas gifts you can get. Yeah, I'm definitely going to get one. That's the Christmas sorted. Yeah, well, make sure you use the uh, use the discount code Ski Pod. 10 for a little discount i'll definitely use that i can't (laughs) wait get yourself something good yeah especially and a mask covid 
be COVID safe. Maybe we should oh, send, maybe we should be sending some to the Swedish team. <laughs> too, too early. Swedish too, Swedish too early. team, yeah. Too early for that sort of banter. Yeah, yeah definitely too early for that, Jake. Um, what was it? I was I did have something else to say. I completely forgot what it was. You put me <laughs> up the Sweden joke. Um, I was going to say you mentioned the leaderboard. How how is it looking, Ed? Uh, it's it's looking. It's, it's, Give me the top three. Yeah. Okay. Well, the top three are joint. So you got um, Ambrosh Pivak and Dave Cheshire, who were leading after round one and are still leading now uh, on 13 points. Annoyingly, Dave Riding is up there as well. He's joint with those guys at 13. Um, but I do feel like it's a little... Dave, don't you think Dave should be in with us? As in, he can't just pick the favourite. I feel like Dave... I agree. I agree. At least I mean, not twice. You could also say Dave can pick the favourites, but he can't win the, uh, any prizes because he's got his own sponsors already, so he gets, his, gets enough free gear as in. Um, can he then, pick himself? Yeah, 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 exactly. And then is Malcolm Erskine of the British Ski Academy fame on 12 points. And then there is a bunch of uh, races on 11. Tord Nilsson, Chris Sutherland, Gareth Harvey, uh, and some guy called Marcel Mathis <laughs> never heard of him. Um, so, yeah so yeah we've got we've got quite a few I've managed to pick up four points off the weekend and down in joint 35th Ben you, you got some making up to do you are first, <laughs> you are first of the people with no points if that's any if that's any good just because that, I mean if I can top some kind of leaderboard even if it's the leaderboard of people with no points I'll take it Ed, where's our fellow podcaster, uh, Luke? Oh, Luke, he sits just one place below Ben with zero points still. <laughs> <laughs> Presuming that's alphabetical that's got me in front of Luke. Excellent. <laughs> no, yeah, so there's still quite a lot of people on zero points. Uh, so there's still definitely time to get, get involved if you haven't already started playing along. Charlie Raposo decided he was uh, going to get on board after after uh, hearing some of the some of the stuff that's going on wants to get involved in the leaderboard so you can join yourselves up get involved yeah dave told me that he's allowed to pick the favorites because at some point in the winter he might be too busy to start entering picks that was his excuse it does take a really long time to enter the... <laughs> one one tweet one email it doesn't doesn't take long um and with the races now starting to come thick and fast you definitely need to be on your on your toes getting the entries in uh, because the yeah. uh, 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 you'll get the same punishment that uh, Marcel got, uh, listeners, if you start yeah, sending in late picks. I'll yeah, set myself a calendar a reminder now for every race. <laughs> so, yeah, you have to have your pick in by lunchtime, British time, so GMT, the day before the race. So this week we're racing on Thursday, so your pick has to be in, in by lunchtime on Wednesday. Saturday means lunchtime on Friday. Very simple, I think. But yeah, <laughs> we'll get on to picks later. But we are now heading across over to Lech and where we will race parallel. I've been really looking forward to this one. I'm not exactly sure what to expect. There's not an awful lot of snow there, is there, Marcel? There isn't, actually. It's, it's really close to home, and I am super excited to have a ski race back in, back in my area. Um, unfortunately, there isn't much snow right now. But I think they will do everything to get it through. Ben? As you've become the meteorologist, what, what's the forecast? Are we getting any snow? Can you conjure some up? How are we going to get some? I wish I'd actually checked the forecast now. Um, <laughs> you but... can't the meteorologist. I didn't make that up. 
I was just, I was just, that's the only pick I've got right. Um, <laughs> what, what I would say was, so the, uh, I think, I'm not sure if it was the Austrian men's or women's team or the resort posted a picture of it when it was just grassy, the side of a bright white strip of snow. Uh, and I think it was the Austrian men's team then posted the next day uh, a picture of the resort with a lot more snow on it. So I don't know if they had some snow over the weekend, um, but it will be interesting to see how it holds up if they've got both qualifying and you know, two lots of head-to-heads all on one strip. Um, you could al- already see in Levy in the top section where it's quite narrow, there were quite a few cross ruts by Sunday afternoon. So it'll be interesting to see how that will how that will work and how the piece is going to hold up. But I'm looking forward to it. The parallels are always uh, pretty exciting when you get, especially when you get down uh, to the, the back end. There's also there's always a few names in there that you don't expect. On the podium as well, we've had quite a few winners over the last couple of years that you wouldn't necessarily pick, which is which is good to mix things up a little bit. Makes just picking the favourites less uh, less profitable, Marcel. <laughs> <laughs> Marcel, do you want to take us through how it's um, how the quality will uh, will take place? So, from my understanding, everyone will do a qualification run, and then the top sixteen will go through, um, and then head to head two two uh two races or two runs each and then the best one goes into the next round and that's going down to the final and everyone who is from 16 to 30 will get walker points which is um which is pretty cool uh i think there will be some some interesting uh people in there uh, who can probably pick up some walker points yeah because it's going to be so 16 everybody to 30 gets walker points but we'll only see the fastest 16 on tv won't we because then it's going to be the like it has been in the in the parallels previously that you have to do a run on each course and then your combined time so if you your deficit or your advantage will be in the start gate from race one from run one to run two and then obviously then your your aggregate to go through it's going to be interesting so they are racing on giant slalom skis and the rules are that they are giant slalom skis but the turn radius changes quite a lot so regular gs is set around 24 to 30-ish metres apart. And in the parallel, it's down to 16 to 20. So it's going to be pretty tricky uh, and it's going to take a different type of skier. So we're not necessarily going to see the fastest GS skier pick up the win here. And obviously we've got start gates to contend with. What type of uh, racer do you think that's going to favour more than someone that's, that's a good hybrid of just both tech disciplines? I don't know. I feel like the start is so important and let Marcel take, take a bit more into that one, but the start is so important, but then I also think it's going to take, it's going to take a lot of power strength from the start, but also strength to be able to get these, these, you know, they're stiff skis and, you know, relatively straight for the, for the offset of the gates to get these skis round. I think it's going to take a quite a bit of power to, to sort of, um, to get to get that those uh those turns underway yeah i think like the people who are really explosive and can still ski gs i think they're gonna be to favoritize this time and obviously the start is is very crucial isn't it always with those parallel races you have to have the right rhythm if you lose a tense or two at the start you're never gonna get it back so i think starting and then being really explosive and fighting for the line pushing those skis as hard as you can i think those will be the guys who'll be winning i would have actually thought the swiss team is probably pretty good at that 
because they're good slalom skiers, but also good GS skiers. But unfortunately, Corona um, has has come there as well, so uh, there won't be any Swiss skiers. Yeah, so it's a real um, a real setback for the Swiss. Uh, I think they're going to miss they're missing Lake Mayar, Odermatt, and remind me Ben who the other one is. Maurizier. Yeah, Justin Maurizier. So yeah, he actually messaged us when I when we we put out the tweet that they were going to be missing. He said that he did feel pretty ill. Um, but he's definitely feeling like he's on the mend. Um, I was going to make a joke about that face mask, obviously not really oh. working, but I thought that I've not really spoken to him before and may get lost in translation. <laughs> ripping it I up. mean, <laughs> you've already had uh, internet beefs with uh, Pantero, um, so let's no, not get Lizzie. started on the Swiss side. Lizzie. Oh, Lizzie, sorry. Lizzie, yeah. Yeah. You've, already, you've, already, you've already upset the... Uh, French team don't start with the Swiss now you'll rapidly be alienated when you try and get interviews in the future it's picking up a fuss left right and center yeah so I didn't, I didn't go with that anyway I just wished him well so if anything I've strengthened relations well, it's pretty good for them they don't have to be tested for the next two months so like they can go through two I would weeks. say December two weeks yeah is it not two months anymore they don't, they're not quarantining for two months. No, but they, when you get a positive test and you can, you can provide that you have antibodies, you don't have to get tested for another two months. Is that true? Yeah. Oh, that's actually a, that's a big advantage for December, January. You can race without anything. Well, you should have picked, the pit should have picked it up straight after Solden then, and then uh, it would have been all right. It might, it might be a good tactics for moving forward. Oh, yeah, I don't need to start thinking about that. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a real shame. Again, when we come to the pick section, I think you know those guys that are missing would have certainly been on on the on the short list of, of a shout for the win, especially people like uh, Mayar and and um, Odomat with the form that he's been on. It's going to be a real shame that they're going to go. But yeah, also it's going to be tense times for all those ladies that are coming back from Finland. So they, so we record, this is Monday. So they all flew back um, yesterday evening and then have got a day off today and then testing tomorrow because they race Thursday. So it's going to be really nerve wracking. Yeah. Traveling through two airports on the plane. Yes. It's a charter plane with, with other phys athletes on there, but we already seen that. That doesn't mean that you're, you know, going to be okay with your fellow athletes. So tense times coming up for the ladies. For the men, it's obviously been a little bit easier because they haven't been traveling as much, although they they are training obviously in and around the Alps, but but hopefully being it's a little bit easier to stay COVID safe whilst they're um, not having to, you know, go through airports or, or get on planes. It's something we're going to have to come to terms with as the season goes on of just, you know, there's going to be a lot of testing, there's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be teams that get removed from races like we saw this weekend and, and obviously coming up with the uh, Swiss men's guys as, as well. And we're just going to have to kind of not get our hopes too high for each race as they come and just see what happens. And, you know, obviously the most important thing is the health and safety of all the um, races. So hopefully they can stay coronavirus free and, and keep racing as much as they can. Marcel, have you heard? Have you had much chat with your dad about how it's working with with their team, with the French guys, and sort of how it's been stress levels and and trying to make sure you're staying safe? 
yeah, I mean, they my dad gets tested quite often as well, obviously as part of the, of the French team there. So it is very strict and he has to also be very careful what he does when he comes back home because you might be safe in a bubble when you train, right? But then you everyone goes home and they mix with other people who might not be tested or not careful enough and you, don't, you definitely don't want to give it to the racer. Uh, as you can see, the head coach gives it to the racers, they can't ski. I think if that would happen to, to my dad and Pintero, that would probably not go down very well. So you, you have to be like sensible in these times. But I... I I would assume like being in, in a bubble might not be a bad thing. I think if they're all traveling together, they are all tested. They're all negative, or at least most of them. I would assume it's probably better than going back home, meeting other people, like mingling with whoever who might have it, um, but you don't know. And then coming back with a positive test, I guess. Well, because, be- they've, because they've been on tour, it might be that they're sort of insulated slightly because... The, the, those are the people they're only hanging out with they haven't had time to go and and see yeah. anything else especially with ski racing i mean with football it's, it's different right so you you play a game but then you go home to your family but with ski racing they literally sit on top of each other for four months five months so there are not that many people that you actually see so i think that might be a good thing for them to not get it as quick as other would do probably Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just obviously I'm not a doctor so I, I would that's just an assumption from my side <laughs> so Marcel as you're from the Lech area how far away from Lech is it's about 35 minutes 40 minutes so t- tell us a bit about that race piece and what we're what we're going to expect to see it's definitely not on the steep side um, it's a very evenly spread hill which is I, I would assume a really good choice for a parallel slalom because it's um, it gives everyone the opportunity to have the same conditions all the time um, as we saw in previous ones that some race courses getting quicker and, and slower um, so I'm really hoping that this this track will um, even it out so they there is a, a fair chance for both races yeah we saw we've seen that as a as a sort of gripe from the world cup that uh, it's not even it's not fair did it and all this sort of stuff one course is faster than the other we saw that especially back in was it, it was Chamonix wasn't it Ben that we saw all that moaning about it last season and so, by the sound, hopefully we shouldn't get that this year, then. Yeah, hopefully no moaning. Um, Marcel, do you know if they're going to be building any jumps in? That was another big whinge point last year. Fake I mean, jumps. By, by the looks of the snow of the snow amount, they have probably no jumps this year. They can't afford it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's exactly what I was thinking as well. I guess that that kind of fairly, not flat gradient, but easy gradient without too much undulation it's kind of good for yeah making it as even as possible but you know i think uh, we can just keep going back to that same discussion from pre-season ed of life's not fair stop moaning um <laughs> well that that was marcus marcus's, marcus's response to everything <laughs> yeah that was what marcus do a different job <laughs> yeah, that was valdner's response wasn't it they just need to stop moaning life's not fair Skiing's never never going to be fair. It's outdoors, so just get on with it. <laughs> I think, and, that, and that's putting it politely. I'm pretty sure that he wasn't quite as as polite as that. <laughs> um, one thing I did actually want to pick up on from Levy was we saw Brignoni and Bassino both donning slalom skis, going all the way up there. It wasn't like it was attached to any other event, and they were travelling all the way up there. Does that signal they are there? intentions about the overall yeah quite possibly i think it will be interesting to see what vlahova's got to say about that um as the as the season goes on 
Um, we've talked before about the way Schifrin has kind of meticulously picked the races that she does to maximise the points potential for the season um, with the likes of Brignoni and Bassino possibly uh, was talking the commentary of them entering every race in the season that could put a bit of pressure on but we know Schifrin at her best can win in all four disciplines with ease so uh, Brignoni would be just hoping to pick up some points and obviously she skied out on one day at the weekend um, and, and didn't get a great haul on the second day. So if her energy levels can sustain it, it might add a few points. But uh, yeah, I think still the likes of, of Schifrin and Blahova are still going to be those overall favourites for the season. Um, like obviously this year is very special and they had two races in Levy. So that's 200 points, given the fact that they're not that many speed races um, compared to tech technical events. So they probably get all the points they want to get they um, can get really and Vlahova she can also win downhill in the Super G so I think pretty much the favorite for this season her and Schifrin yeah it's gonna it's gonna be I hope it isn't I hope that the sort of skiing that we saw over this past weekend means that we we may have some other names to chuck in there for the overall but it does sort of you know with, with again the sort of heavy points side to the the tech skier means that it's probably going to be one of those guys that picks up big points at every every technical event just a quick plug for the ski racing podcast extra the youtube channel if you want to go and check that out that's online now and we delve into the technical aspects of of the winning run so you can head over and have a little look uh, same as before just give us a like give us a share and uh, if you want to get into some details of how it was done then uh, you can find details over there. This coming week, it's not a weekend, this, uh, the race is coming up on Thursday, Friday, which are already around the corner. Some intense racing. I don't think we've got a weekend off basically until the end of the season. After having a month between the opening uh, and the second race of the year, I think it's going to be some, some uh, tough bodies that are going to win out. Yeah, I think, I think we get Christmas and New Year's off. Um, that's about it. Every every day, other every side of that has got some racing going on. So we've got a good few weeks worth of racing. It's been painstaking getting from Soldan to Levy, uh, but now Levy's out of the way. We have a really a big block of racing. We talked about it with Dave when the when the tech events go um, uh, crazy. I can't. It's going to be surprised to hear me say it, but I'm actually looking forward to seeing a bit of speed as well. Oh yes, um, we've not had not had any yet. Um, so important to make sure we get get some of that underway, and we just have to hope these races can can uh, go off without any any problems. Um, so we've got this this uh, week. We've got a race, and then I think we're Val d'Isère next weekend, uh, and Samaritz as well uh, as the tour splits up um, the the men's and women's again. And yeah, it's going to be a fun. Yeah, I guess. Uh, uh, build up to Christmas. It's going to be about you know fitness levels and and as an athlete, Marcel, I'm sure you'll remember your racing days aren't that far behind you. That um, a lot of summer training is training for the winter. It's not just training for your one run or you know your two runs if you if you like to do lots of turns. That um, you, you you train for the, the winter long, right? And I think these guys with their recoveries are going to be intense um, over this next period. Yeah, I mean, like probably out of 100%, you train 70% for the recovery and, and 30% for the actual um, power um, because you, the season is so long. Like the race is coming back to back, especially in like I think December, January. Um, for GS gears, 
right? They have like most of the races at that time. So you have to be really on point. Yeah, but they've only got like four of them, don't they, Nolly? <laughs> That's why I choose it. Just having, <laughs> having a good life. Like Charlie. Like Charlie. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah it's gives, it gives Raposo time to do all his Instagramming. <laughs> let's, uh, let's take a look at calls for the weekend. Marcel, let's start with you. Your picks. I go with um, Pintero and uh, Lava. Lava was that, sorry. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So definitely not two favourites then. <laughs> not, not two favourites. No. Actually, maybe go with Gizin. She's she's like second in overall don't, already. Don't so. pick two people. That's not the rules. No, I, I go with I go with my picks. That's fine. Just keep those two. <laughs> ben, where are you at? I mean, all that talk of um, power earlier got me thinking of uh, Kilda because he really looks like he enjoys these. Uh, parallels so i remember a few times last year and everyone else was complaining about how unfair and how dangerous it was he was just laughing at the bottom of everyone as he kind of destroyed the course but i'm gonna go for the slightly smaller version and go for christopherson in in the men's um, <laughs> <laughs> it's not as big and powerful but that kind of gs and, and slalom uh, i guess hybrid that marcel mentioned is probably i'm gonna go with the skills over the power on this one i'll probably be proved wrong as i am with most of my picks um, and then the women's, for now, I'm going to say Sven Larsen. I don't know if she's actually going to clear protocols in time, but she looks to quite enjoy the parallels when I've seen her racing them before. So, uh, yeah, Sven Larsen and Christofferson uh, uh, and, until uh, COVID says otherwise. Yeah, fair, fair enough. Uh, I'm going to, I, I am going to go with Kilda. I think that that, that power is... Um, is going to is going to win out that he's got. Uh, I, I think he's going to have what it takes. He's going to be hungry after messing up even back in Solden, which was a month ago. But he and he know, he knows already that he needs to start picking up some big points. I mean, it's, it's silly because it's going to be the men's second race, but such is the field and such is is the talent across the board that I, I don't think you can afford to really have too many. Um, bad days in the office. Uh, and for the ladies, and ladies, I'm going to go Leansberger. I'm going to go, I think that a little home win. She's on great form. She's off the back of two podiums. And yeah, why not? I think I'd love her to win there. In her own backyard. That would be amazing. Can't believe Marcel's not picking Austrian that way, no, even after that, no. even after their improved performance. It's like horse racing, you can't go for it, you have to back the favorite, you know, you have a better chance. <laughs> <laughs> we will see some Brits attempting to make it into the final, so they're quite they, they are going to enter the qualification. Obviously, only the top 16 on the men's and the women's will go through. Uh, so it's going to be uh, a tough day for everybody that's trying to enter because obviously those spots are so reduced. So Charlie Raposo will go on the men's side for the Brits. He's been training really hard. They've been getting some uh, some time in the gate, as in the, the start gate, to try and uh, get used to that. And then on the ladies' side, we will see Charlie Guest, before I mix the two up, Charlie Guest, uh, who will be uh, bouncing into that with some some confidence levels through the roof and uh, Alex Tilly with a bit of a point to prove, I think after that weekend. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know what the TV coverage is going to be like and what we're going to be able to see of the qualifications, but I'm really looking forward to seeing how, how people do in that and, and how that competition takes shape. Um, but like you said, 16 is a very small number of spots to make it through to the final. So 
Um, probably best not to get expectations too high. But like you said, with Charlie being that, I guess, confident after her performance at the weekend, it'll be really, really good to see if she can she mix it up uh, and, and get involved in the, in the uh, finals. As always, please make sure that you give us a like, give us a share and a comment if you have the time. We really appreciate it. And um, let's see if we, not you, Marcel, can make our way up the ski racing podcast predictions table and see if we can nab ourselves a bit of uh, powder hound gear. Marcel, I'm not sure you're going to be eligible because you're, you're a bit of an insider. So I'm not sure if you're going to be eligible for powder hound gear. So you might have to um, you use the discount code and get and get yourself some gear that way. Um, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure I'm going to do that actually this week. Gentlemen, thanks very much. And the racing, don't forget, is going to be Thursday and Friday afternoon. And we will see you shortly after that. Until then, goodbye for now. <laughs>